An extract from Dune by Frank Herbert. Dune, the beginning is the time for taking the most delicate care that the balances are correct. This every sister the Ben Garesit knows to begin your study of the life of Dab. Then take care that you place him first. First place him in his time. Born in the 57th year of the Paramasha Emperor, Shadadam IV. And take the most special care that you locate Dab in his place, the planet of Akaras. Do not be deceived by the fact he was born on Caladan and lived his first fifteen years there. Alacras, a planet known as Jude, is forever his place. From Manual of Maladab by the Princess Aurorin. In the week before the departure of it to Aragras, when all the final scurrying about had reached a nearby unbearable frenzy, an old crone came to visit the mother, the boy Paul. Is a warm light castle Caladad, and an ancient pile of stone has served the Acrelis family as home for twenty-six generations. Bore the cold sweat feeling he acquired before a change in the weather. The old woman was led in by the side door down the vaulted passage by Paul's room, and she was allowed for a moment to peer at him where he lay in his bed. By the half light of the suspended lamp, Dimmed and hanging near the floor, the awakened boy could see a bulky female shape at his door, standing one step ahead of his mother. The old woman was a witch shadow. Hair like matted spiderwebs, hooded round darkness of features, eyes like glittering jewels. He's not small for his age, Jessica? Is he not small for his age, Jessica? The old woman asked, her, vo- her voice wheezed and twanged like an untuned bellalesse set. Paul's mother answered in a soft collateral. Jenna's wasn't known to start late getting their growth, your reverence. So I have heard, so I have heard, wheezed the old woman. Yet he's already fifteen. Yes, your reverence. He's awake and listening to us, said the old woman. Sly little rascal, she chuckled, but worried he has need for slyness. If he's really the Kazadet was Hadarek, well, in the shadows of his bed, Paul held his eyes open to mere slits, two bird-bright ovals. The eyes of the old woman seemed to expand and grow, glow as they stared into his. Sleep well, you sly little rascal, said the old woman. Tomorrow you'll need all your facilities to meet my Gabba Jabba. He was gone, pushing his mother out, closing the door with a solid thump. Poor lady there woke, wondering what's a Gabba Jabba, and the upset during the time of change. The old woman was the strangest thing he'd seen, your evidence. The way she called his mother Jessica like a common serving wench instead of what she was. A best Jesuit lady, a duke's concubine, a lady of the jewel gold hair. Is a job Gabba something of Alcarez I must know before we go there, he wondered. He mouthed her strange words. Gabba, Jabba, Kazadez, Hadarich. There had been so many things to learn. Alcarez would be a place so different from Kazadan. And Paul's mind whirled with the new knowledge. Akaraz, Jew, desert planet. Ferret Harat, his father's master of assassins, explained it. Their mortal enemies, the Harakons, had been on Arakaz eighty years holding the planet in a Kogai Foloi under a Chalalum company contract to mine the genetic spice. Melalane. Now the Halogodons are leaving replaced by the House of Atari's, their fief complete, and their apparent victory for Duke Leto. Yet Hadamut had said his appearance contained the deadliest peril 
for the Duke Leto was popular among the great houses of Leverstead. The pop man rouses the jealousy of the powerful. Alouette has said, Akra's June Desert Planet. Paul fell asleep to dream of Alcalum Cave Cavern. Silent people all around him, moving in a dim light of globes. It was solemn there, like a fiddle, as he listened to the faint sound of drip, drip, drip water. Even while he remained in the dream, Paul knew he'd remember it upon awakening. He always remembered the dreams that were predictions. The dream faded. Paul half woke to feel himself in the warmth of his bed, thinking, thinking, a world of Castle Catadad. Without play or companions, his own age, perhaps did not deserve sadness in farewell. Dr. Yule, his teacher, had hinted the Farrelichi's caste system was not rigidly guarded on Agarez, a planet sheltered people who lived at a desert edge, without Ted or Bashar to command them. Will or the sand people, called Fenomen, marked down on no census of the Imperial relegate. Akakaz, June, Desert Planet. Paul sensed his own tensions, decided to practice one of the mind-body lessons his mother taught him. Three quick breaths triggered the response. Says, he fell into the floating awareness, focusing consciousness, arterial dilation, avoiding the unfocused mechanisms of consciousness, reconscious by choice, blood enriched and swift flowing, the overloaded regions. One does not attain food safety, freedom by instinct alone. Animal consciousness does not extend beyond the given moment, or the, nor, nor into the idea its victims may become extinct. The animal destroys and does not produce. Animal pleasures remain close to sensation levels, avoid the perpetual. The human remains about, requires a background grid through which to see his universe. Focus consciousness by choice. He forms your grid. Bodily integrity follows nerve blood flow according to the deepest awareness of cell needs. All things, cells, beings are impertinent. Strive for the flow permanence within. Over and over within the falls floating awareness the lesson rolled. When the dawn t- reached Paul's window still of the yellow light, he sensed it would, through closed eyelids, open them, hearing them on the renewed bustle and hurry in the castle, seeing the familiar patterned beams of his bedroom ceiling. The hall door opened and his mother peered in, hair like a bro- shaped bronze held with a black ribbon at the crown, her oval face motionless, green eyes staring solemnly. You're awake, she said. Did you sleep well? Yes. He studied the tallness of her. Saw the hint of tension in her shoulders as she took, as she chose clothing for him on the closet racks. Another might have missed attention, but she had trained him in a bellicose way, in a minute observation. She turned, holding a seven-formal jacket for him. It carried a red Arcades hawk crest above the breast pocket. How are you dressed, she said. Reverend Mother is waiting. I dreamed of her once, Paul said. Who is she? She was my teacher at Banner Dressfit School. Now she is the Emperor's Toothsayer. And Paul, she hesitated, you must tell her about your dreams. I will. She is the reason we got Alcaraz. We do not get Alcaraz. Just as a flip dust of a pair of trousers hung them for, with the jacket on the dressing table stand beside his bed. Don't keep Reverend Mother waiting. Paul sat up, hugged his knees. What's a gobble, jabber? Again, the training she had given him spoke. Him exposed her almost invisible hesitation, a nervous betrayal he felt as fear. Jessica crossed to the window, flung open the drapery, stared. Across the river orchard towards Mount Sinai, we'll learn about the Jabba Jabba Soon enough, she said. He heard a fear in her voice and wondered at it. Jessica spoke without turning. Reverend Mother is waiting in my morning room. Please hurry. Reverend Mother Gallius Helen 
Mulhadia um, sat in the champ said chair, watching mother and son approach. Windows on each side of her overlooked the curving southern bend of the river and the green farmlands of the Atlas family holding. But the Reverend Mother ignored the view. She used a feeling of age this morning, more than a little petulant. She blamed it on the Space Travel Association with that abominable spacing guild and its secretive ways. But there was a mission that required personal attention from a Benedict with a sight. Even the Pashama Emperor, Trusaya, couldn't evade the responsibility when the duty came. Damn that Jessica, the Reverend Mother thought, if only she had born a girl, as he had been ordered to do. Jessica stopped three faces from the chair, dropped a small curtsy, a small, a gentle flick of her left hand along the line of the skirt. Paul gave the short bow of his dancing master taught. One news when in doubt of another's, another's station. The nuisance of Paul's greeting were not lost on the Reverend Mother. She said, he's curious one, Jessica. Jessica's hand went to Paul's shoulder, tightened there. For a heartbeat, fear pulsed through her palm. Then she had herself under control. Thus, he had been taught your evidence. What does she fear? Paul wondered. The old woman studied Paul. One gesture in flicker. Face oval like Jessica's, but strong bones. Hair. The duke's black, black but with brown line of the maternal grandfather, who cannot be named, and that thin, distasteful nose, shaped with his directly staring green eyes, like the old duke, the parental grandfather, who is dead. Now there was a man who appreciated the power of Barava, even in death, wherever Mervo thought. Thinking, teaching is one thing, she said, a basic greeting is another, we shall see. The old eyes darted a hard glance at Jessica. Leave us, I re- enjoin you to practice meditation of peace. Jessica took her hand for Paul's shoulder. Your reverence, I, Jessica, you know it must be done. Paul looked at his mother, puzzled. Jessica straightened. Yes, of course. Paul looked at her, back at the reverend mother. Politeness, his mother's ob- obvious awe of this old woman, argued caution. Yet he felt an angry apparition of fear, he sensed radiating from his mother. Paul, Jessica took a deep breath. This test you're about to receive is important to me. Test, he looked at her. Remember that you are the Duke's son, Jessica said. She whirled and strode from the room by in a dry swishing of the skirt. The skirt, the doors closed solidly behind her. Paul faced the old woman, holding anger, anger in check. Does not one dismiss the Lady Jessica as though she was a serving witch? A smile flickered the corners of the witch, wrinkled on mouth. The Lady yes, Jessica was my serving witch, lad, for fourteen years at school. She nodded, and a good one, too. Now, you come here. The command whipped out Paul. Paul found himself obeying before he could think about it. Using the voice of me, he thought. He stopped at her gesture, standing beside her knees. See this, she said, from the folds of her ground. She lifted a green metal cube, about fifteen centimetres, one side. She turned it and Paul saw that one side was open, black and oddly frightening. No light penetrated the open blackness. Put your right hand in the box, she said. Fear shot through Paul. He started back away. The old woman said, is how you obey? Is this how you obey your mother? He looked up into bird bright eyes, slowly feeling compulsions, able to inhibit them. Paul put his hand in the box. He first felt a sense of cold. The blackness closed around his hand, and slipped metal against his fingers, a pricking as though his hand were asleep. A predatory look filled the old woman's features. He lifted her right hand away from the box of poise hand close to the side of Paul's neck. He saw a glint of metal there, and started to, tool, to turn towards it. Stop, she snapped. Using the voice again, he swung his, his attention back to her face. I t- hold at your neck the gob jabber. 
she said. The gold jugger, the high ended enemy, is a needle with a drop of poison in its tip. Ah ha! Don't pull away, or you'll feel that poison. Paul tried to swallow in a dry throat. He could not take this attention from the seamed old face, aggressive eyes, the pale gums, around the silvery metal teeth that flashed as she spoke. The Duke's son must know about poisons, she said. It's the way of our times, huh? Musky to be poisoned in your food, drink. Animus to be poisoned in your food. The quick ones, the slow ones, and the ones in between. Here's a new one for you. The cupboard juggler. It kills only animals. Pride of Gambeo's ear. You dare suggest a duke's son is an animal? He demanded. Let's say I suggest you may be human, she said. Steady, I warn you not to try jerking away. I'm old, but on my hand can drive this needle into your neck before you escape me. Who are you? he whispered. How did you trick my mother to leave me alone with you? Are you from the Helicans? Helicans? Bless us, no. Now he saw a dry finger touched his neck. He still did a voluntary urge to leap away. Good, she said. You've passed the first test. Now, here's the way of the rest of it. If you draw your hand for the box, you die. That is the only rule. Keep your hand in the box and live. But draw it and die. Paul took a deep breath to still his rejoining. If I call out, there'll be servants on you. In seconds, and you'll die. Servants will not pass you. Not past your mother, who stands guard outside the door. Depend on it. Your mother survived this test. Now it's your turn. Be honoured. We seldom menaces. This to men, children. Curiously reduced Pearl's fear to manage all devil. He heard truth in the old woman's voice. No denying it. If his mother stood guard out there, it, this, if this was truly a test, whatever it was, he knew himself caught in it trapped by the hand of his neck, the copper jugger. He recalled a response from Lithuvi against fear, as his mother taught him, out at the Benedict right. I must not fear. Fear is a mind's killer. Fear is the little death that brings total liberation. I have fear, faced my fear. I have permitted it to pass over me and through me, and when it has gone past, I will turn in the eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. While only I will remain, he felt calm as turned and said, Get on with it, old woman. Old woman, she said, your courage, it can't be denied. Well, we shall see, said She bent close, lowered her voice against, almost a whisper. You will feel pain in his hand within the box. Pain, but withdraw the hand. I'll touch your neck with my cover, a death so swift that it be like a fool that hits man's axe. With all your hand, the gobble snap that Jabba takes you, understand? And what's in the book? Pain. What's in the box? Pain. He felt increased tingling in his hand, his lips ting- tightening together. How could this be a test, he wondered? Tingling began. Came an itch, the old woman said. You heard of animals chewing off a leg? Escape a trap? There's an animal kind of trick. A human will remain in a trap. A jeweler pain, feigning death, death, that he might kill the trapper, or remove a fact to his kind. It became the faintest burning. Why are you doing this? he demanded. Determine if you're human. Be silent. Paul clenched his fist hand, left hand in the fist as the burning sensation increased. On the other hand, it melted slowly, heat upon heat upon heat. He felt the fingernails of his free hand biting in the pain. He tried to flex his fingers to the, the burning hand, but he couldn't, he couldn't move them. It burns, he whispered. Silence. Pain fell up his arm. Sweat stood out of his forehead. Every fibre cried out to withdraw the hand from the burning pit by the gobber jabber. Without turning his head, he tried to move his eyes to see the tail needle poised beside his neck. He sensed he was breathing grass. Trying to slow his breaths and couldn't. Pain. His world emptied of everything except a hand immersed in agony. The ancient face inches away, staring at him. His lips are so dry, he differently separating him. The burning, the burning. He thought he could feel skin curling back on the agonised hand. The fresh crisping and 
dropping away only away until only charred bones remained. It stopped. As though a switch had been turned off, the pain stopped. Paul felt his arm, his arm trembling. Phil sweat bathing his body. Enough, the old woman muttered. Kill what I had. No woman child ever withstood that much. I must have I wanted you to I must have wanted you to fail. He leaned back, withdrawing the gobble jeffer from the side of his neck. Take your hand with the box, young woman, and look at it. He felt down on the agar an aching shiver, stared at lightness void where his hands seemed to remain with his own volition. Memory of the pain inhibited him his every movement. Reason told him he would withdraw a blackened stump from that box. Do it, she snapped. He jerked his hand from the box, stared at it astonished, not a mark, not a sign of agony on the flesh. He held up the hand, turned it flexed the fingers. Pain by nerve induction, she said. Can't go around maiming potential humans. There are those who give a petty for the secret of this. Petty, petty for the secret of this box. She slipped in the folds of her own gown. But the pain, he said. Pain, she sniffed. A human can override any nerve in the body. Paul felt his left hand aching. Uncurled the clenched fist. Looked at the form bloody marks from his, those fingernails that had bitten. His palm. He dropped his hand to his side. Looked at the old woman. You did that to my mother once? Every swift and, and threw a scream. She asked. A tangible slash of her questions shot his mind to high awareness. Sand for a scream, he nodded. We better at swift people to find the humans. He lifted his right hand, willing the memory of the pain. And that's all there is to it? Pain? I urge you in pain, lad. Pain's merely access to the test. Your mother's told you about ways of observing. I see the signs of her teaching in you. Our, your, our test is crisis and observation. He heard the confirmation in her voice and said, It's truth. She stared at him. He, she, he senses truth. Could he be the one? Could he be truly be the one? She tinguished his excitement, reminding, reminding himself. Hope close observation. You know when people believe what they say? She said, I know it. Harmonics of ability confirmed. Repeated tests were in his voice. He heard them said, said, Perhaps you are the Catholic Eric. Sit down, little brother. Here at my feet. I prefer to stand. You ever said, Sit at my feet once. I am not my mother. You hate us a little, huh? She looked forward to the door, called out, Jessica! The door flew open and Jessica stood there staring hard-eyed into the room. Hardness melted from her as she saw Paul. She managed a faint smile. Jessica, have you ever stopped hating me? The old woman asked. I both love and hate you, Jessica said. I hate as from pains. I must never forget. Love, that's just a basic fact. The old woman said. But her voice was gentle. You may come in now, but remain silent. Close the door. I mind it is no no one interrupts us. Jessica stepped into the room, closed the door and stood with her back to it. My mum son lives, she thought. My son lives and is human. I knew he was, but he lives. Now I can go on living. The door felt hard and real against her back. Everything in the room was immediately and pressing against the senses. My son lives. Paul looked at his mother. She told the truth. He wanted to get uh, away alone and think his, his experience through, but knew he could not leave until he was dismissed. The old woman gained the power over him. They, they spoke truth. The woman had undergone his, gone this te- his mother had undergone this test. There must be terrible purpose in it. The pain and the fear had been terrible. He understood terrible purposes. They drove against the odds. They were the only necessary. Paul felt that he had been infected. 
with terrible purpose. He did not know yet what the terrible purpose was. Some day later, the old woman said, You too may have to stand outside the door like that. It takes a measure of doing. Paul looked down at the hand, had been known pain, then up to the Reverend Mother. The sound of a voice had contained a difference from any other voice of the experience. The words were outlined in brilliance. There was an edge to them. He felt that any question he might ask uh, would bring an answer that could fit lift him out of his flesh well into something greater. Why do you test for humans? he asked. To set you free. Free? Once men turned their thinking over to machines and hope that this would set them free, but the that only permitted other men, machines, to enslave them. Thou shalt not make a machine in the likeness of man's mind, Paul quoted. Write out the burden in Joab and the Orange Catholic Bible, she said. But what of the O.C. Bible should, should have said is, Thou shalt not make a machine to counterfeit a human mind. Have you studied the Marat in your, in your service? I studied with Farad Mahamat. The great revolt took away your crutch, she said. It forced human minds to develop. Schools were started to train human talents. Benedict schools? She nodded. We had two chief survivors of those ancient schools, a Benedict and a Spacing Guild. The Guild, um, we think, emphasizes about almost pure mathematics. Ben Grosset performs other functions, politics, she said. Colourwed, the old woman said. She sent a hard glance at Jessica. I not told him your evidence, Jessica said. The Reverend Mother returned her attention to Paul. You did that on remarkably few clues, she said. Politics, indeed. The original Ben and at school was directed by those who saw the need of a thread continuity continuality in human affairs. They saw they could be such continuity without separating human stock from animal stock for breeding purposes. Hillman's words abruptly lost their special sharpness of Paul. He felt an offence against what the mother called his instinct for rightness. It wasn't that the Reverend Mother lied to him. He would obviously believe what she said. It was something deeper, something tried to his terrible purpose. He said, but my mother tells me many Benedict of the schools don't know about that ancestry. The genetic lines are always in our records, she said. Your mother knows that either she is of Benedict descent or her stock was acceptable in itself. Then why couldn't she know who her parents are? Some do, but many don't. You might, for example, have wanted to breed her to be a close relative to set up a dominant, dominant in some genetic trait. We have many reasons. Again, Paul felt offence against the whiteness. He said, you have taken a lot on yourselves. Reverend Mother stared at him, wondering, did I hear criticism in his voice? We carry a heavy burden, she said. Paul felt himself coming more and more out of the shock of the test. He levelled a measuring stare at her, said, You could say maybe I am the Kazimis Hagrak. What's that, a human gobbledgeever? Paul, Jessica said, you haven't... Must I take that tone with I am this, Jessica? The old woman said, Now, lad, do I, you know about the truth, say it's drug? You... You take it to prove your ability to detect falsehood, he said. My mother told me. Have you ever seen truth's trance? She shook his head. No. The drug is dangerous, he said. But it gives, it gives insight. When a true sayer gifted by the drug, she can look many places in her memory, in her body's memory. We look down so many avenues in the past, but only female avenues. A voice took on a sonata sadness. Yet, there's a place where no true sayer can see. We repelled by it, terrorised it. Terrorised. It is said a man will come out one day and find in the gift of the drug, in, in a inward eye, 
you look where we cannot, into both feminine and masculine parts. Your Cassette Hatterick. Yes, the one who can be many races at once. A Cassette Hatterick. Many men have tried the drug. So many, but none have succeeded. They tried and failed. Oh no, she shook her head. They tried and died. To attempt an understanding of the Mudrabad bit about understanding his moral remedies, a Halloran's is an attempt to see truth without knowing falsehood. It is an attempt to see the light without knowing darkness. It cannot be. For Manuel Manad by the Princess Alarodon. It was a leaf, the globe of the world, partly in the shadows, spinning under the Empress of the hand, a glitter of rings, a globe set on a freedom sand, a one wall in the windowless room, where other walls presented a patchwork of multicolored scrolls, film books, tapes, and reels. Light glowed in a room from the golden balls hanging in the mobile suspender fields. And it looked desk from the top of the jade pink petrified elytical wood stood at the centre of the room. The veniform suspender chairs ringed it. Two of them occupied. In one sat a dark haired youth of about sixteen years, round face and sulkin eyes. The other held a slender man, short man with effeminate face. Both youth and men, man stared at the globe. And the man, half hidden in the shadows, bringing it. A chuckle sounded beside the globe. A boast of voice rumbled out in the chuckle. There it is, Peter, the biggest man trap in all history. A duke's head handed it into his jaws. It is not a magnificent thing that I am, that I, the Baron of Alabar, have to do. Assuredly, Baron, said the man. His voice came at a tenor, with a sweet musical quality. That hand descended into the globe. Stop the spinning. Now all the eyes of the room were focused on the motionless surface to see that it was a kind of globe made for wealthy collectors of planetary governors of the empire. It had the stamp of a peril handicraft about it. Latitude, longitude lines were laid in the fine hair platinum wire upon a capsule in sets of finest cloud milk diamonds and hand moved, tracing details of the surface. I thought you deserved the best of voice, Clarendon rumbled. Observe closely, Peter. You too, Fedded Raffalo, my darling. From sixteen degrees north to sixteen degrees south. These aquatic ripples, their colouring does not remind you of sweet caramels. And nowhere do you see blue of lakes or rivers or seas. They're lonely solar caps, so small. Can anyone mistake this place? Agrares truly unique. A superb setting for unique victory. A smile touched Peter's lips. And to think, Baron, the Patriarch's Emperor, please he's given the Duke your spice plate. How poignant. It's a non-essential statement, the Baron rumbled. You say this is to confuse young Frederick's Raphael. But it's not necessary to confuse my nephew. The sudden vase youth stirred in his chair, smoothed and wrinkled in the black lavatars he wore. He sat outright a discreet trapping sounded at the door, the wall behind him. Peter unfolded it from his chair, crossed the door, cracked it wide open to set the message to the cylinder. He closed the door, unrolled the cylinder and scanned it. A chuckle sounded from him, another. Well, the Baron demanded, a full answer does Baron. Whenever did an anchorage refuse the opportunity for a gesture, the Baron asked. Well, what does he say? He must... He's my first cooth baron, dressed as you, Sargon. No, sir, sit et sir cousin. No title, nothing. It's a good name, the baron growled. His voice betrayed his patience. What does dear Leto say? He says the offer of a meeting is reviewed. I have oftentimes met you, Tristity, with this and all that men known. And, the baron asks, he says, the art of Sakanely. Still has it Mars the Empire, decides it. Too little Alcatraz. Peter began to laugh. Of Alcatraz? Oh, my dear. Oh, my. This is almost too rich. Be silent, Peter, Baron said, and the laughter stopped as though shut off from, with a switch. Kingly, is it? A Baron asked. Vendetta, huh? 
and he uses the nice word as so rich in tradition. To be sure, he, I know he means it. You make the gesture, the peace gesture, Peter Art said. The forms have been obeyed for a minute. You talk too much, Peter, the Baron said. And we thought, and he thought, I must do away with that one soon. Here was almost self lived his usefulness. The Baron stared across the room at his minted assassin, seeing the feature about him that most people notice. The eyes, the shady slopes of blue, in blue, the eyes without any white in them at all. A grin flashed across Peter's face. It's like a mask grimace. Beneath eyes like holes, but Baron never has been avenged more. Revenge been more beautiful to say to see a plan the most exquisite tragedy to make Leto strange. Cleaner than for June about alternatives because the Emperor orders it. How workish of you! In a cold voice, the Baron said, "You are the flux of the mouth, Peter. I am happy, my Baron." Whereas you, you touched my, my jealousy, Peter. Ah, ah, Baron, it's not regrettable you unable to, uh, to devise this devil's delicious scheme by yourself. Some day I'll have you strangled, Peter. Of a certainty, Baron. Effin, what a kind act. That never lost, huh? Have you been chewing vulnerant or sentiment, Peter? Truth without fear surprises the Baron, Peter said. His face drew down in the character. A frowning mask. Aha! But you see, Baron, I know, as Meter, when you send the executioner, you will hold back just as long as I am useful. The move sooner be wasteful. I am yet of much use. I know what is it you learned about the lovely planet, Doom Planet. Waste not, true, Baron? Baron continued to stare at Peter. Peter and Robert squirmed in his chair. A wrangling fools, he thought. Michael cannot talk to his admittant without arguing. Do they think I'm, I have nothing to do but sit, listen to their arguments? Frederick, the Baron said. I told you to listen and learn when I invited you in here. Are you learning? Yes, Uncle. Voice was carefully submissive. Sometimes I wonder about Peter, the Baron said. I cause pain out necessary, but he, I swear, he takes a positive delight in it. For myself, I feel pity towards the poor Jupiter. Doctor, you move against him soon, and at the end of his address, but surely Lito will know whose hand directed the pedal. Plint, doctor, I know that will be a terrible thing. Then why have you directed the doctor to slip a candle between his ribs? Quietly and effectively, Peter asked. You talk of pity, but the Duke must know when I am his doom, the Baron said, and the other great house must learn of it. And knowledge will not give them pause. It will gain a bit more room to manoeuvre than necessary. It's too ob- obvious. I don't have to like it. Room to manoeuvre, Peter sneered. Already you have the Emperor's eyes on you, Baron. You move too loudly. One day the Emperor would send a legion or two of his Saturday down here into onto Gita Prime, and you'd be end of to, to the Baron Vedomar Hadelin. You'd like to see that, wouldn't you, Peter? the Baron asked. You're enjoying seeing the corpse of Saladar buried through my cities, a his castle. You truly enjoy that, does the Baron need to ask, Peter whispered. You shouldn't have been a bit star of the courts, the Baron said. You too interested in blood and pain. Perhaps I'm too quick for my promise to spoil the spoils of Peter took five curiously, curiously, curiously mincing steps into the room, stopped directly behind Peter Grazera. There was a tight air of tension in the room. You've looked up at Peter with a worried frown. Do you not tire of Peter, Baron? Peter said. You promised me to Lady Jessica. You promised her to me. For what, Peter? Baron asked. For pain? Peter stared at him, dragging out the silence. 
Fidon, Rafa, moved his presenter chair to one side and said, Uncle, do I ever say? You said that you, you had my darling Fidon, Rafa. Grows impatient, the Baron said. He moved within the shadow beside the blow. Patience, Fidon. He turned his attention back to Minnet. What of the Duke, the child Paul, my dear Peter? The chap will bring him to you, Baron. Peter muttered. That's not my question, the Baron said. You recall that you predicted the Berenigrisset, which would bear a daughter to the Duke. You're wrong, huh? I'm not after wrong, Baron, Peter said. And for the first time there was fear in his voice. Give me that. I have not been wrong. And you know yourself that Berenigrisset bears bear mostly daughters. Even the Emperor's consort would produce the only females. Uncle, said Philip, Friedrich Raphael, you said there'd be something important here for me to Listen, my nephew, the Baron said. He is biased of all my barony, yet he cannot rule himself. The Baron stirred beside the globe, a shadow among the shadows. Well then, Friedrich Raphael, Ackerman, I summon you to uh, you are hoping to teach you a bit of wisdom. Hey, have you deserved your good minute? You should have learned something about from this exchange, but Uncle, a mere efficient merit bitter, wouldn't you say, Philip? Yes, but, ah, indeed, but, he consumes too much spice, eats it like candy. Look at his eyes. He m- might have come more directly from Agrotas' labour ball. Efficient, Peter, but he's still emotional or prone to passionate outbursts. Efficient, Peter, but he still can err. Peter spoke in a low, sudden voice. Did you call him in here to impair my efficiency with criticism, Baron? Impair your efficiency? You know me better, Peter. I wish only for my nephew to understand limitations and minaret. Are you already training my replacement? Peter demanded. Replace you? Why, Peter? Where? What do I find in a minute? With your cunning and venom. The same place you found me, Baron. Perhaps I should... At that, the Baron moves. You do seem a little bit unsteady lately, and the, spi- and the spice you eat are the pleasures too expensive, Baron. You object to them? My dear Peter, they are pleasures of what time you would to be. How could I observe? object to that? I merely wish my nephew to observe this about you. Then I am on display, Peter said. Shall I dance? Shall I perform my various functions to the in- for the inner front of the room? Precisely, Baron said. You are on display. Now be silent, Dancer, Frederick Ruffalo. Letting nephew lips the full and pounding look at them. A genetic marker now twisted slightly in amusement. This is a minute, Frederick. It has been trained and conditioned to perform such a duty. It is a fact it's encased in the room of the body. However, must not be overlooked. A serious drawback that I sometimes think your agents with their thinking machines, had the right idea. They were toys compared to me, Peter said. You yourself, Baron, could outperform those machines. Perhaps, the Baron said, oh well, we took a deep breath, Bess said, Belch, young Peter, outline to my nephew the secret features of our campaign against the House of Aldrees. Function as a minette for us, you please? Baron, I warned you not to trust one young with this information. My observations of I'll be the judge of this, the Baron said. I gave you an order, Minette, to perform one of your various functions. So be it, Peter said. He straightened, assuming an odd attitude of dignity, as though it were another mask, but this time clothing his entire body. A few days standard, the entire house of Bugundo, a bark and a spice basing gill liner. The guild would deposit them the city Akron rather than the Tsar city of Gatherak. The Duke's Menhat, Tafo Hamet, will then conclude rightly that Akron is easy to defend. Listen carefully, Frederick, said the Baron, said. Observe the plans about plans, within plans, within plans. Frederick Redford nodded, thinking, This is more like it. The old monster's letting me in on the secret things at last. You must really mean for me to be. Air. There are several tentative possibilities, Peter said. I indicate the house Hagraz would go to Agrigraz. 
We must not, however, ignore the possibility that the Duke has contacted with the Guild to remove him to a place of safety outside the system. Others in the in late circumstances have been, become renegade. Houses taking people, family auto, um, automatics and shields and fleeing beyond the interior. The Duke's too proud of men to do that, the Baron said. It's a possibility, Peter said. The old effect for us would be the same forever. No, he would not, the Baron growled. I must have him dead and his lying ended. That's the high impossibility, Peter said. There are certain preparations that indicate that the house is going renegade. The Duke appears to have been go- doing none of these things. So, the Baron sighed. Get on with it, Peter. Arakan, Peter, there, Pluke. His family were occupied where it lately. The house of the Count and Lady Fremarin. The ambassador smugglers, the Baron chuckled. Ambassadors of what? Fred Russell asked. Your uncle makes a joke, Peter said. He calls Count Farring ambassador to the smugglers, indicating the Emperor's interest in smuggling operations at Agora's. Friedred Raffara turned a puzzled stare at his uncle's. Why? Don't be dense, Friedred. The Baron snapped. As long as the guild remains efficient outside imperial control, how could it be otherwise? How else could spies and assassins move about? Friedred's mouth made a soundless, oh, Iranian divisions. At a regency, Peter said, there was an attempt on there be an attempt on life of Ares heir. Attempt that would which could succeed, Peter. Very remember unification. I don't think accidents can happen, Peter. And that attempt must appear valid. Ah, but the lad has much, such a sweet young body, Brown said. Of course he potential more, more dangerous than the father. But the wit with that witch mother training him. Accused woman? Oh well. Please continue, Peter. Halfart will be divided. That we will have an agent planted in him. on him, Peter. The obvious suspect is Doctor Yu, who is indeed our agent. I haven't have investigated. I found that our doctor is a salt school graduate with imperial conditioning, supposedly safe enough to minister even to the emperor. Great stories set of imperial condition. It seems that ultimate condition and cannot be removed without killing the subject. However, as someone once observed, given the right lever, you could move a planet. We found the lever and moved the doctor. How? Frederick asked. He found this fascinating subject. So everyone knew you couldn't subvert imperial conditioning. Another time, the Baron said, continue, Peter. In the place of Euro, Peter said, we dragged the most interesting suspect across Havard's path. The very odyssey of this suspect will we'll recommend her to Havard's attention. Her? Huh? Lady Havard said, asked. The Lady Jessica herself, the Baron said. It's not sublime, Peter said, asked. Havard's mind will not be so filled with it will repair his function as a minaret. He may even try to kill her. Peter frowned. Then, but I don't think he'll be able to carry it off. You don't want to, him to, huh? A baron asked. Don't distract me, Peter said. While Harriet's occupied with Lady Jessica, we divert him further. With uprisings and a few garrison towns and the like. They'll be put down. The Duke must be believed. He's gaining a major security. Then, when the moment is right, we'll signal Yara and move in with our major force, huh? Go ahead, tell him all of it, the Baron said. We move in strength of two legions of Sagar, disguised as Hadron Livetry. Sagar, Federal Barfa breed, you may focus on the dreaded imperial troops, the killers without mercy, the soldier, fanatics of the Pasha Empire. You see how I trust you, Fredo? Baron said, no hint that this must ever reach another great house. Also, Lesha might unite. Against the Imperial House, and that it would be chaos. The main point, Peter said, is since House Halloran is being used to be Imperial to do the house, do the Imperial dirty work, we've gained a true advantage, and a dangerous advantage to be sure. But if we use courageously, we will bring the House Halloran greater wealth than that of any house in the Imperium. You have no idea how much wealth is involved, Frederick, the Baron said. Not in your wildest imaginings. 
To begin, we have an irrevocable direct directorship, the Tomb Company. Fred and Raphael nodded. Wealth was what was the thing. Comrade was the key to wealth. Each noble house dripping the company's coffers. Whatever could be under the power of directorships, thus those can own directorships. They are the real evidence of political power in the Imperium. Passing with the shifts of voting strengths within the Landstad, it balanced itself against the Emperor and his supporters, the Jupiter Peter. Said many attempt to flee in the f- looked at a few friendly scum along the desert edge. Or oh, she uh, stay may try or may, he may try to send his family into the imagined security. But a path is blocked by one of the ministry's agents. The planetary ecologist. You may remember him, Kylis. Fellow remembers him, the Baron said. Get get on with it. You do not draw very prettily, Jaron, Pitya said. Get on with it, I command you, the Baron roared. Pitya shrugged. It matters. Go as planned? He said House of Hackerman will be subreleth on Alcatraz within a standard year. Your uncle will be dis- dissipated for of, the, of that fear. His own personal agent will rule an Alcatraz. More profits, Frederick Raphael said. Indeed, the Baron said. He thought, if it's only just... We're the ones who tamed Alcaraz, except the few Mongol fellowmen hiding in the skirts of the desert, the same tame smugglers bound to the planet, almost as tightly as the native labour wall. And the great house will know that the Baron had destroyed the Alcalins, Peter said. They will know. They will, they will know, the Baron breathed. Loveliest of all, Peter said. Is a duke will know, too. He knows... No, knows now he's already filled, filled the trap. True, the Duke knows, the Baron said, the voice held, a sad of sadness. He must not help but know. More was a pity. The Baron moved out and away from the globe of Alcatraz. He emerged from the shadows. His figure took on dimensionally, grossly, and immensely fat. With the subtle bulges beneath folds of his dark robes to reveal all this fact of prickly red part, sustained partly by portal suspenders harnessed to his flesh. He must weigh two standard hundred standard kilos in, in actuality. His feet could carry no more than fifty of them. I'm hungry to wear on. He rumbled his protruding wits with big ringed hand, stared down at Frederick Raphael through fat and folded eyes. Send you for food, my darling? You'll eat before we retire.